We are back with part two of the episode, A Chorus Line. Enjoy the conversation about the musical, and go check out part one if you haven't listened to it yet. So, let's get into this chorus line. Chorus line. So, um, you know, the chorus line, if you're not familiar with the show as a listener, um, it's pretty much just about, I mean, not to kind of beat a dead horse, but it's about a chorus line. It's about an audition um, of these performers who are pretty much just auditioning to be uh, the background of this show, you know, the chorus line, the ensemble, the whatever. Yeah. I think and, that's one of the things that makes it a little bit interesting is because yeah. these are people that are fighting, struggling, really just to get in the show as yeah. an ensemble. You know, not, none of them have the illusion, you know, that they're fighting, struggling to be cast as the lead. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're just, they're really just fighting, struggling and, you know, to get cast in the show period. Well, and I think that's, I think that's a huge deal. Right. Because I feel I feel like in some cases it's harder to get in the ensemble than it is to get in a, a lead in some scenarios. Um, yeah. Yeah, right. I, I would think that there would be, you know, if, if you're casting Dear Evan Hansen, for example, you know, you're kind of looking for a very specific kind of a, a look and person to be able to portray that role the way that you the way that you see it. But, you know, when you come to an ensemble, the director has a lot more latitude, which I think then creates a lot, you know, broader competition pool. Yeah. You know, cause they could get a lot of different people in an ensemble. So, yeah. and it, and it just, it just shows you the struggle of, of auditioning. I mean, how stressful is auditioning? Yeah. It's, I still get scared to death. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I do it all I mean, the time. And I think, you know what? And I had a, and I still get disappointed if I don't get cast too. Yeah. And I had a director ask me once, he's like, well, do you still, you don't get upset when you get, don't get cast. Do you? And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. You know, I said, I think that anybody who doesn't get upset, you know, if, if they've not been cast has probably not invested themselves enough, you know, prior to auditions. Yeah. Because I think if you're really going to show up to do an audition, you know, and you really want to show up prepared, then that means, you know, psychologically you have to invest in yourself yeah. to do the best job you can do. Um, and so I would expect to be disappointed then, you know, to think, wow, you know, I, I didn't get it. I did. I wasn't a match. You know, somebody yeah. kind of beat me up for that. Yeah, I get disappointed. That's, that's all. I get disappointed a lot. Too. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a common occurrence for me. It's because you said you can't tap dance. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very true. I said this on the other episode, just last uh, last episode, two weeks ago. But I truly believe that if you can tap dance, you will never be without a job. There you go. Well, I'm sure that's a big part of it. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. But but no, this is what this show does. It shows kind of these struggles of these performers, these actors, these dancers, I guess, um, to audition for this show where you're it's almost you know they call it a cattle call where you know there's just what 50 to sometimes 100 to maybe even right. more um you know performers that are just as talented just as uh, nimble just as whatever um to to do the job that's in front of them and you have to kind of show yourself make yourself known 
out of that, out of those 100, 200, 500, whatever. Yeah, and as a new person, I, you know, I just can't imagine breaking in, right? Because yeah. if you're a director and you know that you've got some ensemble folks that are there that you've worked with before, so you know they're going to show up, you know, you know they're going to learn their stuff. You know, yeah. it, whenever you take a chance on somebody that you don't know, you know, it, there mm-hmm. is a certain gamble to it. And so, you know, I can certainly understand why directors might have, you know, their favorites or their regular go-tos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it it really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, it's funny because in college, uh, I always found out or always heard that really the directors, that, like the teachers, the directors of the show, they usually they casted so like if there were four leads in a show they casted two leads that they knew would nail it didn't have to worry about them and then they would cast two risky people it's interesting it's an interesting philosophy and and i could see in school where that would be even more important Mm -hmm. you know but i always tell you know when we're talking about you know the responsibility of a theater you know, and, the, and, you know, actors and, and uh, instrumentalists and everything. I always say the only the only person that has an expectation from the show is the audience member that paid the money for the ticket. Yeah. You know, and, and we kind of have the responsibility to give them the very best show that we possibly can. You yeah. know, it's we can't dicker over, well, I should have gotten this role or that role. It's like, well, mm-hmm. the only one that should get something is the audience because they're the one paying. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, chorus line, I think, you know, while mm-hmm. it's about that a, a, a little bit, you know, that's kind of the, gosh, what, what would you say? Just kind of the framework that mm-hmm. carries the show for a couple of hours. But really, you know, the kind of the nitty gritty part of it is getting to see kind of, kind of the inside of each of the individual characters and kind of see the baggage that they all carry and, and how that affects their performance. Um, you know, which, which is something that we can all relate to. And, yeah. and I know this, the show's a little bit maybe dated cause it came out in 75, um, you know, with its, uh, uh, kind of some stereotypes and things like that. But I still thought the show completely works. I mean, the, sh- the, the storyline is still, still really relevant for anybody today. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Well, and, and the storyline is, I, I didn't know much about it when I went to see it um, with you guys, um, but the storyline is a lot deeper than I was assuming it would be. Because, um, I mean, yeah. you really are, you're, you're diving deep into this, just this world of these performers. Right. And each one has their different backgrounds, why they're there, and you don't really think about that. You just think, Oh, they're here to audition for a position and you know, whatever they might right. do. They might not, whatever. Yeah. Before I add anything else, I'll, I want to tell the listeners that we saw this performance at uh, Missouri state in mm-hmm. Springfield, Missouri. It was a school production and I, I thought they did a fabulous job. Yeah. Um, Robert Westenberg, who, uh, if, if you're a, an into the woods fan, Mm. Um, he was one of the original princes, you know, Agony, yeah. da, 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 da. anyway, he's, he's running the theater department down there now. And gosh, just, mm. they're just growing leaps and bounds. I thought the show was really wonderfully done. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, and- but back, back to your point of the, the emotion, you know, I think, I think as, 
as performers and maybe even more specifically as actors, you know, I, I think you have to be, you know, somewhat in tune, you know, with your own emotions and you have to be kind of aware of your own baggage. You know, I had an actor friend uh, recently that was uh, getting upset about, you know, kind of a way a fellow actor was kind of getting under their skin and stuff. And so we had a conversation. It's like, well, as, as an actor, why do you think that's happening? You know, because there's something in you, you know, that's, that's causing that response, you know? And so, you know, if, if you really want to be a good actor, you really kind of have to be in touch, um, you know, kind of with what your own baggage is, yeah. for lack of a better way to put it. And, and I think, I mean, you don't wish people to have crappy lives, but it does seem like, you know, often you, you will see these really successful performers that maybe did struggle, you know, have, have some significant struggles in their lives. And I think maybe that's, you know, part of what has helped them get in touch, you know, with their emotions or, you know, it gives them kind of this emotional pool from which they can draw, you know, when they're putting together, you know, kind of a heavy character, you know, that maybe not everybody has, you know, inside them. It's, it's an interesting thought, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is because, and it just, it really just tells you that one performer is going to completely put the performance in a way that another person's going to do. Yeah. Someone, two people are going to do the same role and act completely different. Yep. You know, whether it's the same role or whatever, um, you know, or even understudies. I mean, understudy is going to change that role to what they feel or what their experiences are like. And so I definitely feel like performing, especially when it comes to this type of show where there's a lot of baggage and there's a lot of deep stuff. Um, there's just there, people are going to act differently. I think so. You know, Robin Williams, you know, one of our the, kind of the greatest comedians of our time, mm-hmm. you know, clearly, you know, you find out now that he had personal struggles mm-hmm. and stuff. I think he's a perfect example, you know, of somebody who who on the outside was super funny and seemed like he was crazy, to, you know, to hang around and, you know, this this wild guy. But but still, you know, there there was something inside of him, you know, that was hurting a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I think this show specifically, um, you know, a chorus line, they just, and maybe it was just me because I didn't know much about it, but I always thought this show was just kind of a fun, go lucky, skippity doo da day type of, oh, I bet there's a lot of dancing and I bet it's kind of fun. And, you know, you always hear the songs from it and the s- songs are always really cute and fun. At least the famous ones are. Yeah. Um, But... But then when you watch it, you're just like, oh, I was not prepared. Okay, let me get my notebook. <laughs> you know, just kind of like, you're like, oh, this is not some fun, ha ha ha, funny show. Um, I mean, which it is. There's there's comedic moments and stuff. But uh, but the overall show, it's just, it's definitely not what you expect. No, I, I completely agree. By the way, I agree with you too on the music. I think, I think it's great music. Marvin Hamlish uh, did the music for the show. And I think it's his greatest uh, work as far as his Broadway material. He did a handful of other shows, 
and even won an award for another one. I can't remember which one it was, but several of his other shows flopped. Um, oh, really? I mean, they, they opened and closed pretty quickly. I, I always think of Marvin Hamlish as the, the, for the music in the movie Sting. You know, he wrote all the ragtime oh, yeah. music for that show. And the, the title song, Sting, even became kind of a big hit on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but gosh, I think Chorus Line is, is the best Broadway show that he ever did. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it is kind of cool because, again, if you've not seen the show, every, every, char- every character as they're going through the audition process, you get to kind of learn about them individually and kind of... Mm-hmm kind of get to see their their personal struggles and some of them are pretty good i mean their their struggles yeah. are significant yeah so yeah, yeah. and it's a gosh you know even even for us dopey people that are doing community theater you know a lot of us go through those same kinds of struggles and you want to get in and as you age you know are you aging out of of you know roles that you used to be able to play yeah. um and you know do, do, will your voice still do you know what your voice used to do and you know can you still move enough to at least fake dance and stuff like that and it's yeah it's of course that's that's life right yeah well i I don't think that's why it's been such a big success you know at the time it became the longest running show on broadway it it had over six thousand performances wow yeah later got knocked out by cats and then chicago and i don't know where it stands now yeah maybe wicked will catch them one of these days I think Phantom has has the most, right? Phantom's in the running now. It might be because but, it's still running too, and Chicago's yeah. been running out there forever, also. Dang. But but no, this is just. I mean, this is a show. I don't think, I don't know if we mentioned it, but you know, I kind of mentioned it in the um, the original intro. But based off of you know, it was based off of real stories or, or real accounts from people auditioning in I guess New York City or just wherever. But uh, I guess it was just coming from just everyday, normal uh, performers auditioning. And I also mentioned that the show was being done by the Missouri State. And how about the irony, right, for the kids that are in the show that are maybe graduating seniors? Yeah. And they're going to be heading out in real life, you know, to be going into these cattle calls and be going through, you know, this exact experience, you know, in the next few years as they try to transition into being professional actors yeah um and here they are kind of kind of pretending to be to go through some of those struggles uh in in the show definitely real life lessons kind of just hits you where it hurts kind of thing right yeah (laughs) but uh but no i think i i thought it was a great show i i don't know if i'd watch it again but it was a great show, and I, I mean, I probably would eventually. Maybe one day I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, sure, that's fine. Do you but, like uh, watching shows more than once? I don't mind. It depends on the show, really. See, I'm not that guy. It, it, is, a, it is a rarity yeah. that, I'll, that I'll watch a show more than once. Well, I do have to say that I have watched kind of a weird rabbit hole here, but I have watched Shrek the Musical like four times on stage. That's a great show, though, right? I know, right? It's, it's surprising. It is surprising. You, I always like to say Disney will get mad at me. I'm not sure if I'm violating some kind of Disney copyright by even mentioning their name. I probably oh, no. am. They'll oh. probably come and sue me and, and make you edit this out. Oh, no. But uh, I think Shrek is like Disney, but it's actually good theater. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, D- Disney seems to use kind of a certain formula 
and and the mm-hmm. formula runs through all their shows. And it's not that they aren't entertaining. I'm not a big fan of Disney shows, and yet at the same time, when I go see one, I walk out thinking, "Oh my gosh, that was wonderful." Yeah. Um, but to me, Shrek is just so much more cleverly written. I know, right? Uh, and the, yes, the humor. I mean, there's humor for young people and old people, and it's sarcastic and it's funny. Um, and yet there's also this this wonderful storyline of acceptance and kind of being yourself, yeah. you know, and like I mentioned earlier, but it's very artistically woven into the show, yeah. you know, so I, I, gosh, I know I'm with you. I love Shrek. I love that musical. Well, and it's funny because I've seen it in different uh, venues. I saw it at the Radio City Music Hall in Kansas City. I nice. think that was I think that was a Broadway tour, too. Nice. Um, I saw it at uh, like I think it was. I can't remember what. I think it was like the Shakespeare Theater on the pier in Chicago, mm-hmm. which was great. And then uh, kind of a low key uh, professional community theater did it here in town, and I watched that, and it was pretty good as well. And so like I, I love the show. It's one of the best shows. It's one of my favorite shows. I think. Yeah, uh, we've done it up here. I I also think that that that's also a sign. If a show is good, you know, because if you have to have be able to put $10 million into rebuilding your stage to do all the special effects to carry Mm -hmm. the show, then maybe the show itself isn't that strong. But when a show like Shrek or Matilda, um, you know, Music Man or or even West Side Story is just harder to pull off because uh, of the ethnic components, hard to to come up with that sometimes in in a community theater. But I. I think anytime you see shows that can be done by community theaters and be done successfully, that's usually a sign that the show is pretty strong, yes. you know, because maybe you don't have, you know, across the board, you know, the talent that you might otherwise see on a Broadway stage and you clearly don't have the budget, you know, be able to pull off all these special effects. Um, yeah. You know, but gosh, when you can do Shrek in community theaters and such and, or travel around with it and it's, still fabulous and the audience is entertained i think that means a lot that the show is pretty solid yeah oh for sure for sure yeah i yeah i might even put that on my my short list of contemporary musicals that 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 are really good i like that yeah yeah so one so back to chorus line so the one so the so So i just there's one thing about the show that really kind of is interesting to me at least and that's so in the show, there's a director, obviously, or the casting agent or whatever right. you want to call him. And, you know, he's kind of he's a part of the show, but he's not part of the show, but he is a part of the show, but he's not. Right. And then there's uh, there's a performer who's auditioning who is just an, um, supposedly this amazing performer who went out and tried to make it big and then stuff didn't really go her way. And then, you know, she comes back and she's trying to, um, you know, start again. And the director's like, oh, no, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. You can't do this. You're too good for this. Da, 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 da. And there there was just something about like there was just something about that specific storyline, which is actually the main storyline of the show. Right. That I wasn't quite on board with. So so what's the part of it that you didn't like? Just the fact that he wouldn't let her come back? Yes, I didn't like that. But I also understand the point of that. Yeah, the I mean, message you know, there. Well, but there's but, also uh, there's also a talent thing. You know, when someone, 
you know, it's it's like a slightly different skill set, you know, learning mm-hmm. to blend into an ensemble yeah. and, and being, you know, because in a way uh, you want the ensemble, even though it's many, you want the audience to feel that they're one. Yeah. Um, you know, in fact, in Newsies, you know, when, when you have the Newsies there together, you really want the audience to feel the power of that group, but feel as though that group is a character, you know, mm-hmm. not just these individual people. Um, but at the same, but separate from that, when you're playing, you know, uh, leading roles there, you also want something then out of the actor or actress that makes them stand out. You know, so that the audience notices them and likes mm-hmm. them and, and somehow wants to relate to them. They want them to be successful or to fall in love or to, you know, whatever it is that the, the goal of that character is on stage. And I do think that just from a, a directing or casting standpoint, that I would be worried about taking someone who has that kind of a skill set that makes them stand out mm-hmm. and then think... You know, I'm not sure that I can just put that person back into an ensemble, and yeah. and that it, and just just automatically feel like it's going to work. But then I think there was also the past baggage from their relationship. Sure. And, mm-hmm. You know, did he want to subject himself to having her there, you know, all the time, and how that was going to go because she had scorned him. Yeah. You know, and that would also be, you know, gosh, directors are people too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. No. And, you know, and if I was a director and I was casting somebody and that, and say if this was a real life scenario, why, why would you choose to put yourself through this angst of having to see someone who scorned you, you know, every yeah. day when you have oodles of other super talented people that you could choose instead? Yeah. Yet at the same time, he also cared for her. So, um, which I think came out too. Yeah. Um, so, but but that's the that's the angst. That's the 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 pro and the con. It's the yeah. Gosh, I can't can't think of the word for the actor, but that's the tension that's created, right? Yeah. The conflict. The conflict, right? Yeah. Right. Right. But it's almost like one of those um, over. You know, you're not. You can't have this position because you're overqualified. Yeah. You know, what is it? What is that supposed to mean? It's like, yeah. oh, you're overqualified for the position. So I <laughs> I want somebody less qualified. Yes. It's all like, what is that supposed to mean? I'm overqualified? Is that like I'm too good for this position? Is like, is that even a thing? <laughs> well, it is in this show. <laughs> well, and I also feel like it just I don't know, there's just something about it that just doesn't fit to me. You know, you're 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 watching this show about these these and I and I understand it's a show that you have to have you know a a lead woman and a lead man and there has to be tension and conflict and da 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 da, da. but um but it just doesn't feel like it doesn't feel it doesn't fit feel like it fits in the show if that makes sense so you have these show about these people who are all different and they're all just there for the parts and everything and then all of a sudden like you just kind of get smacked in the face with this kind of this weird uh, tension conflict between these two random people, which you really shouldn't. I know you just can't feel for them. I don't know if I'm explaining this well. Well, I do think that it's different in that it's the only uh, love love kind of angle in the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you do have the auditioners that are husband and wife, 
Yeah. Um, you know, but but neither of their storylines are about them being a husband and wife. Yeah. So this everyone else's baggage is about their individual struggles, you know, whether mm-hmm. they, you know, were a when or how they were able to come out as being gay or um, struggles that they've had in previous shows or that they're too short or that they're too tall or you know they've been not pretty enough right right not family issues right 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 all that stuff but this is the only this is the only auditioner where the angst is kind of a romantic angst with someone else that's in the show and it happens to be the director so i think you're right you know that that it's a different it stands out as a different struggle but i think that's probably i think too it's why it's probably the biggest struggle of all yeah, it's um, almost like was this show written for the audition for the audition side of things for like the for the the real experiences of these people, or was the show written to show the conflict of these lovers in the performance industry? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's it's, it's left up to us to to figure out. Oh, I hate those. No, just kidding. <laughs> But yeah, um, that's just that was kind of my thought process with it, and I just yeah, I just wanted to you know share it. But. Well, you know, there are some people that say that um, that a chorus line that a lot of the script was kind of developed very organically with mm-hmm. the actors. You know, and so maybe you know maybe there maybe there was a real kind of a love angst angle you know yeah. that presented itself, and that's how it made its way into the the actual storyline. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, I mean, definitely, that's probably that's probably the case. Um, So speaking of uh, music and dancing and everything, I mean, this show is really dance heavy. Yeah. Like, I don't think a normal I don't think a normal high school or small college could actually perform this show. Yeah, no, you're right. In, in fact, you know, we've never, ever attempted to do chorus line, you know, in our community theater. Because just the chance of coming up with with that many really good dancers yeah. would be really hard, um, you know. Because some of the feet there are several featured dances, you yeah. know, that the dancer would have to be pretty skilled to be able to hold the audience's attention for very long. Now you could hide a fake dancer or two in there a little bit um, if you had to, um, but gosh, you would have to have you know a significant amount of, of real dancers to be able to pull the thing off. To make it right, to oh, make it look right, definitely. And your son was in the one that we saw. Your youngest, he and, was. Uh, and I remember, I think I leaned over to you and I said, "Has Joey always been able to dance like that?" <laughs> right. So, I think I said it during intermission. Right. You know, because he he you know when he started to, when he started to go into musical theater, he had not taken dance. You know, when yeah. he was a kid, um, but as as we traveled around, he, he ended up being, um, I'll brag for just a minute, he ended up winning the Blue Star Award through the uh, Starlight Theater in Kansas City, mm-hmm. which earned him a ticket to go to the the uh, Jimmy's out in New York, which is kind of like the Tony Awards for, for high school kids from all across the country. Yeah. And, and it was there that he thought, okay, this is, I think this is what I want to do. But he also came back and said, okay, I'm behind, you know, because I've not had all this dance. And so yeah. he immediately jumped in and started taking ballet and jazz and tap. And uh, his other love was drumming. 
because he was yeah. a pretty good, pretty good drummer. Um, you know, thought about even, you know, doing drumming as a career, you know, like a jazz drummer. But I think maybe because of that and his sense of rhythm, he seemed to take to tap dancing like pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, you know, he understood the rhythm and it was more of just, you know, kind of getting a feel for how to make his feet do what he could hear and, and feel. Yeah. And so, gosh, in, in a short period of time, he became a pretty pretty good tap dancer yeah, so he I mean, had the, yeah he, he ended up with that song at the beginning of right out the gate yeah, right out of the gate yeah i can i can geez i can't think of the name of it now i can do that i can do that right yeah right which you don't expect like i honestly didn't expect it but i was right. like dang go joey yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know and he'll be out there he'll be out there waiting tables soon <laughs> <laughs> But yes, total dance heavy. I mean, there's yeah. the lead actress has like what a ten minute song? Maybe not ten minutes, but but a it's very long. long it's dance a huge. Thing. It's a huge dance feature. Yeah, yeah. And she's huge. just by herself. And she's by herself. So gosh, yeah. what a challenge it would be to find somebody that could do that kind of in just a community theater setting. I know, right? Oh, yeah. it's crazy. It's great. But pretty much the whole second act is just pure dance, 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 dance. Um, and you're pretty much dancing the entire second act, I would yeah, say. It, you know, the show moves too. It, it, yeah. it, it moves along pretty quickly, even though it has its moments and, you know, kind of almost tearful moments as, as you're, as some of these characters are kind of exposing their, their inner feelings and things. Yeah. Uh, but still, the, yeah, but still the show moves right along. It does. Yeah. Do you have a favorite song? Like the one that kind of, kind of, you you can kind of pick out of thin air. I mean, I have a list, so I'm kind of cheating, but I guess not. You guess know, not. but I, but I do like the music. What what's yeah. the song list again? Um, so I hope I get it, of course. Um, which is like the beginning of the show, you know, I hope I get it. Right. Um, and then I can do that and then at the ballet, which I feel like is the most famous right song from there. Um, and then uh, Hello 12, Hello 13, Hello Love, which I can't remember that one. I mean, I remember that was yeah. like the that was like the puberty one, wasn't it? Exactly. Yes. Okay, yeah. And then um, I Could Never Really Sing, which is a cute song. Yes. That's a cute song. And then um, Dance 10 Looks 3. Right. That's the gal that's, that's small-ish yep. in size. Yep. And then a song called Nothing which I don't remember that one, but I mean, it's kind of a, I mean, if the song title tells you anything about it, nothing. That's, I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah. Of course, let me dance for you. That's, I mean, that's pretty much just dancing the, the lead dancing one. And then uh, one, one singular sensation, of course, always yeah. gets stuck in your head. Yeah. I think that would probably be my, yeah and then of course the last one which i feel like is another is another popular one uh, what i did for love yeah yeah it's i think what i did for love one and the i can do that those are those are the three songs that i particularly remember yeah um, out of the show yeah well I, I told you i um you know i mentioned it when we were watching the show it's like the only reason i know this show really is the songs because Barbara Streisand <laughs> uh, sang with uh, Anne Hathaway and Daisy Rip, uh, Ridley on uh, 
on uh, her encore album. She sang at the ballet. That's the only reason I know the song. Well, the only reason I know the songs is because when I was in high school, it was shortly after Chorus Line was a huge success, and our choir did a medley of Chorus Line songs. Oh. I mean, talk about a, a dopey square, you know, your stupid high school choir singing these jazzy Chorus Line songs. I'm sure it was fabulous. Oh, I <laughs> bet it was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> but of course then they all come together at the very end and they actually do the kick line which we all know right yeah. right yeah so i feel like it was a good i feel like it was a good show i mean i feel like it's a, it's definitely i could see why it ran for so long i can too so yeah because through the characters there's somebody in there that almost you know any audience goer will relate to yeah yeah and especially if you're an actual theater person Right. Yeah. If you're a theater nerd, it's even all the better. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, the movie was made in 1985, I think, with Michael Douglas. And I guess it was the first film adaptation of a staged production. No way. Yeah. I thought I I, uh, I saw that when I was doing some research on it. So, no. Yeah. I mean, at least that's what my source said. But, you know, never trust what you say, see on the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because you would, well, I'm trying gosh, to think. I mean, I'm just wondering, I mean, surely, surely like, I mean, some of the, there are old ones, like, like, um, you know, Sound of Music would have been back in the 50s. Yeah. That movie Let came me out. see, because now I'm second guessing it. I mean, the original, the original Music Man, like we said, was 1957. Um. So huh. I, I'm not so sure about that. I'm not so sure about that either now because I think I think the first I think the first musical that went into state or first stage production that went to a show was a uh, or a movie was like Oklahoma. Huh. Well, well now I'm just going you, to check. You know what I'm looking at? It does say the first film adaptation of a stage production. But I think what it means is that the original movie in 85 was the first film of that show, not the first uh, film of a Broadway show in the general. The first film adaption of this particular stage production. Right. Which makes right. sense. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've never seen the movie. You've Have you seen it? I don't remember it if I did. <laughs> you know, it feels like I feel like it's one of those movies where you might have watched in college, you know, in like your theater history class or something. But there's just so many other things to watch that kind of slips through the cracks, maybe. Yeah. And you know what? I, well, there are some shows that really adapt well to the to the big screen. I do think there's something about a chorus line when you have those individual performers standing on the empty stage by themselves. Yeah. Um, I, gosh, I, you know, the movie's probably great, but I, I think this might be one of those shows that's better live. Better live on stage. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree with that. So, um, you got a rating for the show? One being the worst thing you've ever seen, 10 being the best thing you've ever seen. And well, you can, you can do point, point, it's... you can do point five system too if you need to. All right, so it's going to be weighted. I'm I'm going to give it around an eight to an eight and a half. Really? But I'm weighting it because I know it was a school production. Oh, and, 
And, I mean, and, the, I mean the overall show. Oh, just the overall show itself. Yeah. So like, just every, the overall show itself, not the show that we watched. I mean, that's okay. I, I agree with that. I would give I would give the show we watched an eight. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have recommended for someone that I, you know, any theater friend to go see it. I thought I yeah. thought it was really. But I just mean like the show overall about the music when you take the music the writing the story the dance everything and you put it together what's your rating gosh i know I, I but like you're in a corner maybe a seven seven yeah. all right i feel that and oh. it was good i mean it's a really good musical mm-hmm. um i i can see why it has stood the test of time uh, but I don't think it's West Side Story. I don't think it's Music Man. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that it's Shrek even. <laughs> no, definitely not Shrek. <laughs> but but gosh, it was super yeah. clever. It was, yeah. Um, and I and and I can't remember if it won any Tonys at the time or mm-hmm. not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure honestly. Um, I would give it a six. Okay, so we're close. Um, yeah, close. Um, but you know, it's pretty much the same reasoning. It's a good show. Like I already mentioned, would I watch it again? Eh, probably not. But I mean, it was a good show. Had great, uh, had great moments. Had great performances and great music. I mean, it definitely, it definitely gets stuck in your head. You know, Hamlish, by the way, is one of the few people who has is has what they call the egot. He's he's won an Emmy, a Grammy an Oscar and a Tony. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're only they're only like sixteen people that have won all four. And so, and he's only one of two that have won all those four and a Pulitzer Prize for drama. Oh <clears throat> wow. Yeah. He's like on a higher echelon than everybody. Well he's a pretty talented dude. True. So I just looked it up. It says the production was nominated for twelve wow. awards. Holy cow. Winning nine. Holy cow. Best well, musical. Surely it won best musical, yeah. Best musical book, best score, best director, best choreography, best actress, best featured actor, best featured actress, and best lighting design. Which yeah. we didn't talk much about the set, but it was a, I mean, it's a set. I mean. Right. It's a pretty open stage, stage with... right? Right, because yeah. it's, yeah, because it's an audition, you know, where they would come into the empty stage and work. Yeah. So now the question is now I'm making me feel badly for only giving it a seven. (laughs) No, 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 don't keep it. Keep that seven. That was a strong gut reaction. Because There are not a lot of musicals that have won nine Tonys. That's very true. That's, and I was actually just about to look up how many did Hamilton win? I, well, it was, they thought it might set a record, right? So I was thinking 11 or 12. I think it, I think they just didn't think they would. I think they did. Didn't end up winning it. Okay, maybe not. I thought they did. Oh, okay. They won eleven. Okay. They were nominated for thirteen. Received a record-setting sixteen nominations in thirteen categories, ultimately winning eleven total. Wow. Yeah. That show was pretty good. I saw that too. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna do an episode over Hamilton because I have feelings about it. Me too. We'll have to talk about that. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So any last thoughts on the show or just in general or, you know, just kind of the last little line or whatever? 
Golly, no. I mean, we could talk about musical theater, you know, when it's something that you do kind of as a hobby and you enjoy. We could talk about that all night, but I'm sure the listeners, you know, have laundry to do. That's true. And I'm definitely breaking this up into two episodes. Oh, well, good. I do have to say this is the longest I've ever recorded. Woohoo! Which is good. It's the first time for everything. Awesome. So, so yeah, well, if you have not seen A Chorus Line and you want an idea of what a performer has to do to audition and how scary it is, then this show is for you to watch. Um, Thank you for coming on the show, Bimo. Really appreciate you sharing everything with us. Yep, anytime, Lucas. And go see, go watch West Side Story, the original 1957. It's awesome. <laughs> Me or the listeners? The, the listeners. They they kept the two gangs in there. They would not let them intermingle during the whole rehearsal process. Oh, really? Nope, to keep so that they would kind of become jealous of each other to help with some natural angst in the show. I think you're just trying to get me to like it. Go watch it. I'm telling you, you'll love it. <laughs> It'll be your new favorite, except there's nobody in boxers in it, so I don't know. Oh, well, well, then I, I just can't watch it then. I just can't watch it. Not for okay. me. Thanks for having me, Lucas, really, any, anytime. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, thank you for listening, you listeners out there. Uh, new episodes come out every two weeks on Thursday, so be prepared for that. Uh, go check out an episode you haven't listened to yet. There's a lot out there, so you might, you know, even if you're not really interested in it, listen to it. And you might actually learn something or maybe even find some interest. Uh, follow me on Facebook if you haven't done that already. And uh, thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. And remember, you don't care.